0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are continuing with our series on uh, Christmas entitled Hark. Everybody say Hark. And uh, you're familiar with the song Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. Basically, when you talk about uh, or when you say Hark, it means to listen. Okay, Everybody say listen or to hearken or to pay attention to and uh, so you've seen in the intro video uh, just different kinds of noises or distraction that's happening all across the city all across our world uh, different culture uh, different voices that actually wanted to paint what Christmas is all about. but I believe that we need to go back to the original Christmas and what this really means for all of us. Why do we celebrate what we're celebrating? Why are, are Filipinos so fond of Christmas that September palang? okay? You hear uh, Christmas carols in the malls. Why is it so big and huge? In our nation and in the other nations of the world. Why is it that we can actually celebrate Christmas? And so uh, we're hoping that in the next um, three more weeks, we started last week, uh, to clarify the message of God when He first uh, called uh, people, certain people, through angels on uh, what the significance of Christmas is for us. And so I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're going to go ahead and uh, dive straight to the Word. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38... Please open your Bibles uh, to that. Let's read from Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Last week, we've actually read until verse 23. Uh, We focused on the story of Zechariah, and now we're going to be focusing on the story of Mary. Verse 25, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was what? Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So he said it twice. And behold, you will with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, bless the preaching of your word. We hearken and we want to pay attention to what you want to speak to us as a church. Thank you, Lord, that you have bestowed favor and grace upon your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. I believe this is quite a familiar story for all of us. We grew up Listening to such story on how the angel Gabriel appeared to a virgin and eventually she became the mother of Jesus. Last week we talked about the story of the great high high priest, uh, Zechariah. How many of you remember that story? Zechariah in the temple uh, and an angel appeared to him as well. And so here we can see that in these two stories in Luke chapter 1, there are quite some similarities in their story. And quite a couple of, a number of differences as well between the story of Zechariah and the story of Mary. Just for uh, us to summarize uh, just very quickly the situation of Zechariah and Mary. Both were visited by an angel, right, I think it's quite obvious in the scripture. We've read it last week and also this week. Uh, Zechariah had an angel apparition right there in the temple. And here Mary... Uh, the Bible says that this angel was sent by God to her. Similar situation, both were promised to have a son. Okay, uh, Zechariah was promised to have John the Baptist, and Mary was promised to have uh, Jesus. Okay, uh, both are unfit to have a child. Why? Zechariah was advanced in years; his wife was barren, so it's quite impossible for them to have a child at that particular. Time. In fact, some theologians are saying that Zechariah at this point in his life was about 92 years old. Have you ever seen a guy who's 92 and had a baby boy? Ang cute siguro niyang bumuhat ng baby boy niya, no? so, So here, you know, we see there are quite some impossible situations in the story of Zechariah. And also, Mary is a virgin. How can you have a baby if you're a virgin? Okay. So we're going to talk about that. That is one impossible situation as well. Uh, similar response or reply to the angel. They were perplexed. And, uh, you know, Zechariah said, how will this be? Since I am old and my wife is barren. And so Mary as well asked the question, how will this come to pass because I am a virgin? Both of them were perplexed and both of them asked the question, how? But yet, there are differences between the two. You know, uh, Zechariah was actually a high priest. In other words, he's got some credentials. The Bible says he was righteous. The Bible says he is one who followed closely the commandments of Moses. He wa- He's one who walked with the commands of Moses. Mary was young. She was obscure. She was single. And at the same time, she is a woman, you know, uh, in the Israelite culture uh women are not given as high uh, of a value compared to men now when you talk about credentials or maybe uh someone who is more favored uh you would actually tend to look at Zechariah as the one who's probably more favored but yet both of them still had the same uh gift from God which is a son okay uh Zechariah became mute because of his response because of his unbelief whereas Uh, Mary received grace after she said, how can this be? For I am a virgin. It was obvious that in her heart, though she asked the question, how in her heart, she, she still trusted in the word of the Lord. That's why we've seen that in the last statement of Mary, let it be done to me according to your word. Amen. Are we, did you get the difference? Okay. So that's just a quick summary of this two stories in one chapter of Luke because it's quite obvious. That Luke took the time, you know, Luke is actually a doc- was actually a doctor. And he was so detailed with, his, you know, with his presentation of the gospel. And he did this for a purpose. Basically, he showed two stories. You know, one story of favor or prominence or maybe ac- accomplishment in the person of Zechariah and one with nothing to show. But yet, how many of you know that the favor of God does not depend on who we are? The favor of God does not depend on what you've uh, done or which school you came from. Though you came from the champion school in UAAP, no problem, okay? And, you know, or, or the other school who got beaten up. But it's still the favor of God, come on now, is still upon all of us. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are highly favored. So whether you're green, blue, red, yellow, or whatever color you have, you are favored. Amen. It's not about our accomplishment. It's not about our background. It's not about who we are. Mary has actually less chances of gaining favor in the eyes of the Jews, yet in the eyes of God. God is no respecter of persons. Amen. He blesses us not according to who we are, but according to His good pleasure and purpose. Can we give the Lord praise this morning? In in other words, it's not about us. Look at the person beside you and tell that person it's not about you. You know, think again. If you think that you deserve His grace, if you think that you deserve favor, you know, if you deserve you know uh, to have a better life than the others or the one that is seated beside you or maybe your neighbor, think again. It's all by the grace of God. It's all by His great purpose. It's all by His plan, and it's all for His good pleasure. Now, let's just take a look at the different verses. And let's dive into the story of of Mary. It says here, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city named Galilee, named Nazareth. Now, the sixth month here is referring to the pregnancy of Elizabeth. So if you're wondering, what is that sixth month all about? It was the sixth month of Elizabeth. The Bible says in the previous verse that Elizabeth was actually hiding for five months. I'm not sure how old Elizabeth was, but the Bible says she was advanced in years. So can you imagine a 90-year-old grandma pregnant for five months? That's the reason probably why she was hiding from the people. I don't know, maybe because of shame or embarrassment because of her situation. But at the same time, she had the privilege of having a son in her old age. One who is to be called John the Baptist and the one who is to prepare the way for The coming Messiah and the coming King. Now, uh, the Bible says that she was in a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, when you talk about Galilee, Galilee is known to be a heathen city. It's a, it's a place, uh, of the heathen or a place of pagan, okay? Uh, you know, and, and when you talk about Nazareth, Nazareth is not really a popular place. In fact, if you look at Nazareth today, Nazareth is now considered to be the Arab capital of Israel. So Jews are not living in Nazareth. During the time of Mary, Nazareth was not known to be a prominent city. In fact, uh, Nathaniel said this thing about Nazareth. uh, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know this is from the book of John and you know when Philip was talking about you know this Messiah is coming from Nazareth and Philip uh, and, and Nathaniel said can anything good come out of Nazareth there is almost like a negative stigma associated with the city it's kind of like saying pag mong monte what do you what do you remember when you talk about monte prison believe it prison right uh, you're talking about the national penit- uh, penitentiary When you talk about Mandaluyong, what do you think about, what do you think of Mandaluyong? Mental, hospital. The question is, are you from Mandaluyong, loob or labas? You know, we we hear that statement. It's like a a negative thing in the minds of people. There are certain uh, cities that are associated with negativism. Or, for example, if you talk about Pasay. Motels. Okay, back in the day, okay? Uh, or if you talk about Tondo. Smoky Mountain, crime land, you know, uh, you know it's a place of crime. And I, and I, I grew up in Tondo personally. My, my first seven uh, years, I was actually raised in Tondo. So I know how it is The stigma of that particular place. And so it's kind of like Nazareth. Nazareth was kind of like this. So when you talk about Nazareth... Can anything good come out of that place? But yet God purposely chose a virgin coming from that obscure place to make His point. You don't have to be perfect in order for you to be used by God. Amen. We all come from different backgrounds and different uh, ways of obscurity. And maybe some of us are coming from a place of failure But nonetheless, God wants to use both you and me. Tell the person beside you and tell that person, God wants to use you. The question is, are we willing to be used by God? So let's continue on. You know, he went to a place called Nazareth. This is the the angel. To a virgin, young, unimpressive, nothing to show. Betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now you have to really look at the details of Dr. Luke. He took the time to put where they both came from. Mary came from Nazareth, an obscure place, and Joseph came from the house of David. Talk about prominence. Talk about, you know, one that actually is, uh, having the lineage of of the great King David. And so, here we can see that the author took the time to basically compare this couple. The the, the bride came from uh, Nazareth, a bad place, and Joseph, the groom, came from a good place. And the Bible says, they were betrothed. Everybody say betrothed. You know, betrothal is actually a cultural practice in their time where couples are considered married, but marriage is not yet consummated in a sexual union. Okay. And so betrothal is actually more serious than engagement because, you know, sometimes engagement can be called off. But when you talk about betrothal, betrothal is already, but not yet. Already, almost there. Okay. Already married, but not yet. You don't have yet a sexual union. The, the physical union is not yet there. And so, imagine Mary and Joseph. They were planning for this huge wedding. And I love weddings. How many of you love weddings? I love going to weddings. You know, weddings are great. Weddings are fun. Weddings are a celebration of life and and a new chapter in a, in a couple's life. Yesterday, I officiated a wedding uh, right there in um, in San Pedro Laguna, and the 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 guy, the groom, is uh, one of our staff. He's uh, one of our videographers and uh, graphic artists from our communications department in Victory, Alabang. And so he married his uh, classmate uh, from, uh, from the same school. Both of them took fine arts. And uh, they were together for about six years already. And, uh, you know, they've planned for a wedding for the longest time, but yet because of limited funds, they had to postpone and postpone and postpone it. What really touched me about this couple was one, when they were saying their vows, and of course they were saying calling each other "bet," okay, uh, or "baby," or I don't know, baby, be, 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 "best" or whatever. Okay? And the wife, the bride, said this: "Bet, <laughs> I want to honor you before all these people because you waited for me." And you did not take advantage of me. In fact, the first time that we will have our physical union is in our honeymoon. And I felt special because I felt like I was worth waiting for. How many of you know that? That is a statement. Come on now. You know I was so blessed just hearing their story, and I said, "Wow, Janjan is such a you know he's a low-key guy, doesn't talk much. He's always in front of the computer." But when he designs, he designs as if, you know, God is the one, uh, you know, he's definitely his client. But yet you know that in his heart there are standards. And he was faithful to the very end. And he said to God, God, I'm going to keep my purity and holiness until the day that I get married. Amen. Think about Mary and Joseph. And they're probably planning on a big wedding. You know, they've betrothed already, you know, I don't know, maybe they've already tasted, uh, you know, they had uh, uh, food tasting already. They, they had several uh, people or caterers who actually gave them their sample. They probably contacted Akasha Hotel already or Bellevue or whatever or, or, or Josiah or what, I don't know, uh, or Aristocrat or whatever. Okay. So they, they've, uh, they've actually Tasted already some of the, the food and they've contacted the, the flowers, they've contacted the, the people who will do the cakes and the decoration. They have wedding planners, they've paid a down payment for their videographer, you know, and, and their photo, and, and they probably did some prenuptial shots already. They probably went to the Sea of Galilee, you know, they were enjoying their time there. They went to the ruins, they went to Sodom and Gomorrah. And so, you know, they, they are probably planning this big day. But yet, something happened along the way. It's like the line of that song. Something happened along the way. And something, have you ever had plans in your life, and yet you were disrupted by a greater plan of God? How many of you can relate with me on that? Talk about... You making a plan for your life. Talking about, Lord, by this age, I'm going to be like this. By this age, I'm going to be married. By this age, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to have 10 kids. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in this house. You know, we all had plans. Amen. But yet, sometimes, no, not sometimes, many times, God, uninvited, would come into our life and mess up our plans. How many of you can relate to me on that? You know, I had plans before of being a lawyer, just like Judge Lisa. After taking up the, my CPA board exam, my plan was to, to be a lawyer. But yet, God changed the plans. An angel did not appear in my room. But yet, I felt that I was being called by God through the voice, not of an angel, but through the voice of Pastor Steve Merle. I think you're called to be a Pastor. Ah, okay. Amen. (laughs) Let it be done to me according to His word and your word. Something like that, okay? So God changes our plans. Amen. Whatever it is that you've planned, guess what? Get ready. Tell the person beside you, get ready. Get ready to be interrupted by God. (laughs) That's really who God is. And how many of you know that we don't... God doesn't have to ask for permission to change our plans. His title is God. God. He can change anytime. Your plans, my plans, our plan as a church, He can change it anytime because He is a sovereign God, the one who knows exactly what we should be doing. Amen. And that's the God we serve. You probably are planning on getting married by this age and until now you are still waiting for the right one. Don't worry. He will soon graduate from elementary. Just wait. Okay? No, just kidding. We see this in the life of Mary, and the virgin's name was Mary. You know, there was such an an emphasis on the name of Mary. You know, nowadays, if you hear the name Mary, you know, how many of you are named Mary, by the way? Who's named Mary here? Anybody here? Who's got like a first name, Mary? Maria? Maria? Mary Ann? Okay. Okay, Mary? Maria? When you hear the name Mary, what do you think about Virgin, okay? Pure, holy, finesse, yeah? Modest, right? But guess what? If you look closely at the real meaning of the name Mary, Mary comes from the equivalent Hebrew name Miriam, and the name Mary actually means rebellious (laughs) and bitter. Now, how many of you would like to name your daughter Mary again? We we actually name our children Mary because of the favor that God has given to this virgin named Mary. But can you imagine growing up in this obscure family, my name is Mary. Can you imagine every day your mom would call you Rebellious? Come here. That's exactly what the the name is. Or or Bitter? Come here. Bitter. Bitter. But that is not how God sees her. That is not how God sees us. And we may come from obscure beginnings and obscure background and failed marriages or maybe a failed family or maybe a divided home. It's not about us. God can still give us favor and grace no matter where we come from. God sees us in a different light God sees us from a different perspective, and I believe that is the perspective of grace. Everybody say grace. Grace is nothing that you and I deserve. So let's just you know, look at this quick lessons in the encounter of Mary with the angel. Number one, we have to trust God's ways. Everybody say trust God's ways. You know, we are familiar with this particular verse. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And when you talk about the ways of God, sometimes you don't understand it. But yet, since He is God, His ways will ultimately be the one that will come to pass. Verse 28 of chapter 1, the angel went to her and said, Greetings. Everybody say greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Can you imagine? She is not used to being called highly favored. She is used to being called rebellious. For the first time, she's hearing this not only from the human beings, but she's now hearing this from the voice of an angel. And so the Bible says in verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. You're talking to me? Am I the same girl that you're talking to? You know, she's probably looking behind her. You know, why am I called favor? I grew up bitter. I grew up Rebellious. I grew up, you know. And I'm not saying that she is literally rebellious, but somehow, how many of you know that names are powerful in the Bible? Last week we talked about Zechariah, and the meaning of Zechariah is Jehovah remembers. And God remembered the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth in the temple. How many of you know that? That's why be careful what you name your children. Amen. Okay, don't just name him whatever, okay? Totong or whatever, you know. Uh, you know, don't just. Call him funny names. You call him names with destiny. Amen. And so the Bible says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Everybody say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. So here we can see the greetings of the angel, O favored one. If you look at the meaning of Greek, uh, the favored one means charito, so if your name is charito, it's you know it's a nice name, It means favored by God. So maybe this is why Mary was troubled because the angel Gabriel was talking to her but calling her another name. You know, my name is Mary. Why are you calling me charito? My name is Rebecca. Why are you calling me favored one? Because God sees her different or differently from who she really is. She's always looked at herself as inadequate, unqualified, undeserving, and unlikely. But yet, that is now how how God sees her. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. It is all by the grace of God. Amen. And it's all by the glory of God. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In fact, Elizabeth also somehow agreed you know when she visited elizabeth uh in her, in her home elizabeth greeted her with such a blessing greeting and she said blessed are you among women you are eulehio. you are well well spoken of and then in verse 45 elizabeth also used this word blessed again which where we which is where we get the word uh, beatitudes or makarios extremely Happy and extremely blessed. So in other words, God is changing now the plans of Miriam. And I realize that maybe it's difficult for her to hear what the angel is saying to her. Yes, you are highly favored. But now you come to the second point of the statement and you will be pregnant. Can you imagine that? How can I be favored if I will be pregnant and you will be pregnant not with your husband but with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine wh- how she will say this to Joseph? Can you imagine if you are the one who's engaged or betrothed to a guy and then you approach your husband and tell uh, Joseph, uh, I have a good news and a bad news. Which one do you like first? Okay, okay give me the bad news. Uh, I'm pregnant. You know, can you, can you imagine what will Joseph say or, 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 or do? Oh, what's the good news? Uh, the Father is not you, but the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, it's, it's difficult to break that news to, and, you know, guess what? There's only one Mary and only one Virgin Mary. It will never happen again, by the way. Okay. You can never, you can never use that excuse anymore. Okay. You cannot go to your, you know, your husband or your wife. I am pregnant and it's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, behold, and this is from her song, Magnificat. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Meaning, go large or go big time. When God calls you to a specific task, He provides the grace for us to fulfill it. Let's look at verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom. And of his kingdom there will be no end you're talking about the messiah you're talking about the, the the savior of the world you're talking about you know the the son of god jesus comes from the hebrew word yeshua or joshua which means the lord saves and we will see the meaning of the name jesus next week when we talk about joseph because he is called to save his people from their sins. And how many of you are thankful that God sent His Son, Jesus, during Christmas to save us from our sins? Amen. Never to be the same again, but to be renewed, to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to be given a chance. And this particular angel is talking about who this child was. In fact, if you look at who Mary is, there's such a term in, in, in theology that, that says theotokos or God-bearer. She became the mother of the Son of God. She is not the mother of God, by the way. I want to just clarify that. How many of you know that Mary herself has sinned just like you and me? Okay, and maybe some of you are wondering, uh, what kind of theology are you talking about, Pastor? I thought that Mary is an immaculate. You know, there's immaculate conception. There's no sin. Guess what? The Bible says, Romans chapter 3, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Even Mary herself has been sinful from birth. You talk about the background of Mary. I was just describing you where she's coming from. Yet we celebrate her as bigger than God. How many of you know that God used her as an instrument so that you and I could have Jesus born here on earth as our Lord and Savior King? Amen. But we would like to honor Mary. I'm not here to bash Mary. In fact, the Bible says, Blessed is Mary among women. Amen. We've got to put Mary in her right place. There has to be, a, you know, we celebrate her, but yet we know for the fact that even herself has acknowledged her need of a Savior. Read your Bible in Luke chapter 1. It's there. Blessed be my Lord, my Savior. She was talking about, wow, what an awesome privilege for me to be able to bear the Son of God who is also my Savior. We are all in need of a Savior. There's only one who is sinless who walked planet Earth. And according to our Bible, His name is Jesus. Amen. Can we give Him praise right now? The only one who is qualified to be called the Lamb of God who can take the sins of the world. The only one who is qualified to go to the cross and pay for the penalty of man's sins. So we honor Mary, we celebrate her, we praise God for her because she was used by God as well to to be a theotokos, to be the one who would actually bear in her womb the Savior King, the Son of God. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, a very familiar Christmas verse for us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Um, On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Basically, this is what the angel is also quoting from. A prophecy of Isaiah that happened 700 years prior to the actual birth of Christ. And what he was saying is, this is a fulfillment of the prophetic word of Isaiah. Do you feel like God couldn't possibly use you? Just like Mary. Remember, Noah was a drunkard. Abraham was old. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Bible says... Not me. (laughs) Leah, the sister of Rachel. If your name is Leah, you're not ugly, okay? Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. Zacchaeus was small and, you know, was a corrupt money you know, task collector, and so on and so forth. You can read the different characters in the Bible, and guess what? All of them had faults. But the grace of God says, I can use them, and I can glorify myself in their life as well. Amen. And that's the whole point. We trust God in His ways. The Lord ultimately does not qualify, or call the qualified, but He actually, but the, whom the Lord calls, He qualifies. Let's move on. Second is trust God's will. Everybody say, trust God's will. Mary asked this question how will this be? Since I am a virgin. You know, this almost sounds like a statement of fear and uncertainty, kind of different or similar to what Zechariah was saying. But the good thing about this is she did not, it did not end there. You know, the angel proceeded by saying, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Everybody say, nothing will be impossible with God. And this is, I believe, is really the almost like the summary of this particular story of Mary, that nothing is impossible with God. In our life, nothing will be impossible with God. If we take it in the right context, in the right story, then nothing is impossible with God. If you move according to His plans, if you move according to His purpose, if you move according to His will, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Amen. Nothing is impossible to Him. Romans chapter 12, verse 1-2, and Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you talk about the will of God, it's always good, it's always pleasing, and it will be perfect. Amen. We've got to learn how to trust God's will in our life. Don't insist your will. Let's submit to His will. We can trust God's will because nothing is impossible with God. And my last point is, we can actually trust God's word. We see this in the life of Mary. She chose to trust the ways of God. She chose to trust the will of God. And ultimately, she trusted in the Word of God. And Mary said... Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Basically, Mary heard the word. She believed the word. She embraced the word. She trusted the word. And she was declared blessed because ultimately she submitted to the word of God. How about us? Do we know the word? Do we actually know the promises of God in the Bible? You know, the Bible says, you know, some theologians are saying that there are about 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. Do you know those promises? The question is, do we even care opening the Bible or getting, knowing the Word of God? Come on. Many times we just, we're just interested in getting the promise and we're not interested in knowing the promise giver and the promise keeper. We've got to open the Word. We've got to know the Word and we've got to know who, the, who is the one giving the promise through His spoken Word. So basically, Mary was given a task. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like watching the movie Mission Impossible. And, you know, every time Ethan Hawke is given a task, you know, he was being asked this question: Your mission, should you wish to accept it? Do you, you remember that statement? Your mission, should you wish to accept it, is this. And it's as if that the angel is talking to Mary in the same way. Your mission, should you wish to accept it, is this. You're gonna be pregnant. Not with your husband-to-be, but with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Ka ba? Let it be done to me, according to your word. As the angel has spoken, Mary submitted to the ways of God, to the will of God, and to the voice of God. Mary accepted the daunting and seemingly impossible task of burying in her womb for nine months the Son of God and raising Him up as well as a normal boy But yet ultimately she knew for a fact that someday this baby that she bore in her womb would die to pay the penalty for man's sins. What an awesome task and responsibility that Mary had. If you are a mom, and if you knew that your son is to be hanged one day to pay for the penalty of the sins of man. Would you be willing to do it? That would be a difficult task to fulfill. But yet Mary did it. She trusted in the word of God. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. The Bible says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God gave a promise for a son to be born of a virgin, and we know the story. God accomplished his plan according to his will, according to his ways, according to his word. There could have been another way for Jesus to be born, you know. He could have waited for Joseph and Mary to be married, and then, okay, I'm going to use both of you to go and provide a son. But guess what? God's ways are higher than our ways. Had He waited for that thing to happen, guess what? Both the lineage of Jesus would actually be a sinful lineage because that's the sin of Adam would be passed through Jesus as well. But it had to take the Holy Spirit to use a human being in order for Him to provide the Savior of the world through the womb of Mary. Ultimately, we can trust God's Word because nothing is impossible with God. Amen? What God said, He will do. My question for us this morning is, what are you believing God for? What is the Word or the promise of God to all of us? What are you hanging on to? What is the Word that you're claiming for your family for this year? You know, there's a promise of healing, a promise of salvation for your family, a promise of provision We can definitely stand on the faithful word of God. The famous dialogue of Mary, as I end, she said, Behold, I am your servant, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And it's interesting that her statement was echoed about 33 years after by the greatest person who ever lived. And we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, despite the pain and the suffering and the kind of death that he will experience, he chose to trust and obey his Father's will as well. He was crying out, Father, if you are willing to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Can that be our prayer every single day as you walk with God? Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. I believe we have an awesome God. One who knows the beginning and the end. One who has great plans for us. The Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. If we just know who the God that we're serving is, it will be easy for us to just fully submit our will and our life. And give it into his hands and say, God, whatever you will, I will do it. Just like Mary. Just like Jesus. Let's bow our heads right now. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you because out of love, you've sent your only begotten Son In this world. To be born through a virgin. And you used this story to show how awesome and marvelous your plan and purpose is. That you can actually use human beings just like us. Frail. Sinful. Broken. With no purpose at all. But yet when you step into our life, you're the one who brings us into a place of prominence, a place of favor, a place of grace. Nothing that we deserve, but yet it's all abounding because of your love for each and every one of us. If you're believing God for anything, maybe for your family, we've heard the statement of the angel, for for nothing is impossible with God. And yet this particular statement is not just attached to a personal prayer request. It's actually attached to a greater purpose. Which is this ultimately the salvation of mankind all across the earth. And I believe that God wants us to expand our vision, to expand our prayer requests. And it's not about us. It's about the people that we actually can actually bless outside of our, our, of our being. Father, help us. Can you just lay your hands on your heart right now? Father God, change our hearts. Lord, help us to be obedient to your will. Cause us to listen to your voice and listen to your word. And to, be, to put careful attention to what your will and your plan and your purpose for our lives. So that just like Mary, we can be a blessing to the nations, Lord. We can be a blessing to the people around us. For that is who you are, Lord God. You are an abundant God. And Lord, your blessing cannot be contained just by us, within us. Help us, Lord God, to have a bigger perspective of the blessing that you want to give us. If it's healing, I pray God that you would heal Lord God, people who are sick in this place, so that we can be a blessing, may our testimony be a blessing of hope to others who are sick as well. If it's believing for provision, may you use us, just like Abraham, to be a blessing to many. If it's salvation for our loved ones, may you use our story, God, to, to bring healing and salvation as well to the people who don't know you yet, Lord. So Lord, we thank you for that. May your name be glorified.